Talking with Girlfriends is our outlet. It's our therapy, our entertainment, and our education. Co-hosts Madness Shete Jones and Tennille Daniels explore how to make life better by doing it together. Join in as we dish on friendship, family, food, faith, and fearlessness. You're now listening to the Love Madam Podcast. Week six? I don't know. I'm not counting the weeks. Me neither. Well, I don't know. I don't know either, but we're here. We're making it. How is everybody doing out there? We hope you guys are well. We thank you for continuing to listen in, tune in, and rock with us. We appreciate y'all. Yes. Um, so what have I been feeling for the last week? Um, on Friday of last week, a group of um, a community I belong to, I'm part of the Dream Village, we got together to surprise our friend and the owner of the Dream Village, Unique um, Gibson, um, outside of her house. And um, she's been going through a really tough time. Her um, grandmother, her husband's grandmother is sick. They haven't been able to be with her. They're not getting a lot of answers. And what they're hearing back from the, the doctors is not great. And so um, those of us who are part of the Dream Village, this community that she sort of curated, pulled together to do sort of a virtual distance party. I love that. Um, Yeah, so we did a parade outside of her house. We made signs Mm -hmm. and um, we cheered her on. So her and her husband and her kids all came outside and we were able to surprise them. And she was really happy about it. I was talking to her last night and she said it just, it blessed her. When we pulled up, she was actually on on a Zoom call with, her grandmother at the hospital. Oh, okay. Um, and then they got some news back from the doctors. And so right after that, to come out and see, you know, everybody on your front lawn surprise mm. you is great. But it was also really great for me because just being able to see those people that I sit with in a co-working space on a <laughs> weekly basis and like laugh and joke and clown. Um, people had their kids and stuff with them. It was really fulfilling for me. So it felt a little bit normal. I mean, it felt, yeah, yeah, like weird normal. Like we had masks right. on, we were like yelling from afar. But it made me think, like, I don't know if you've seen these people doing this on Instagram, like people getting together in their cul-de-sac with wine and staying like ten feet apart, yes. but like talking. It made me like when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. But now I get it. Like mm-hmm. it is the energy when you're in person with someone was different. So. I don't know. My sister came to the end of my driveway yesterday too to get some masks that I had bought, uh-huh. and we, I like left them in the middle. And then she was at the end of the driveway, and it was just nice <laughs> to see her. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I've seen um, pictures of like mom groups um, meeting at like a school parking lot and opening up their back of their trunk and having food yeah. and wine. So, I definitely think it's okay to get creative in how you do this whole physical distancing thing do you want to do that with me do you want to have like a distance are you inviting me on a date yeah I just did yes I would love to all right we can meet in my driveway I'll bring some uh (laughs) some wine I just so happen to buy some so let me know when you're ready perfect (laughs) you ain't got nothing else to do and I don't have nothing else to do so straight facts straight facts (laughs) what about you what are you feeling so since we last recorded 
everyone has witnessed the epic fail that was the very first oh, Teddy, Riley. Teddy Riley and Babyface producer battle. Now, I have never, well, no, let me not say never, but I laughed, like cried, cried laugh for probably like an hour and a half after it was over because the memes mm. that came out of that experience, I, I think God orchestrated that whole technical difficulty. We knew we needed those laughs. Like, and it was just as they said, all the rates for African-Americans <laughs> are higher and all this stuff. Right when African-Americans was getting some bad news, God dropped that right in our community. Yes. <laughs> to laugh at. Child, um, that, that was so good. That that really, I need I needed those like, Deep belly was ready, ready for this joint. Like you had, you were getting together with friends. You were getting dressed up. Yeah, like around it. So like, it was like an event. And, and the then, party was something like we were just starting the the fun, party. Right? It was fun. And then here we go with the drama. So I was like, we ended up doing it again on Monday with mm-hmm. Come As You Are. Nobody had to get dressed up, no frills. But it was fun to like vote in the moment and just right. reminisce about where you were when this song came on and who could get it. I, I said Heavy D oh. could get it. Did, y- did y'all like oh, Heavy God. D? I love Heavy D. I love Heavy D. Heavy D could get it. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did love Heavy D, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if I looked at him in that way. I was also very young. So, he was a you smooth, know. like, thick brother. <laughs> That's, I, I, I don't, well, let me not say, I kind of do have a type. I do some like people who are a little, like, thicker. Maybe not as thick as Heavy D, but Heavy D has swag, so. I do like thicker guys, too. And my husband be like, you old chubby chaser, because he's not thick. <laughs> I don't need a hater, dude. <laughs> yes. And then, wait, I have um, wait, I have one more thing that I really loved last week, too. And okay. then I'm going to wrap this up because we've gone on too long about Teddy Riley and Babyface. But last week, I also had an opportunity to go to the container store that, you know, I found out that they were doing curbside delivery. And I was trying mm-hmm. to get my home organization projects on. So that is always a win. But when I left the container store, I went to the Carlisle restaurant in Sherlington. And mm-hmm. if you're ever in the area, I highly re- um, recommend Carlisle, Mike's American Grill. I can go on and on and on. But mm-hmm. I got their cheddar burger. Oh, my gosh. And I always get the same thing when I go there. So I always get this burger. But it mm-hmm. was so juicy and flavorful. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was amazing. So you get some caramelized onions. What, what made it so like? No, it's very basic. It's strictly mm-hmm. the quality of the burger and how it's like cooked to perfection. I get it medium. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It, it was it was if really, you, really good. If you're eating like good quality food, you don't need a whole bunch of like sauce and jazz Mm-mm. and all this stuff. Like if you're eating like good like a good steak, all it needs is salt. Yes. Like, yeah. You yeah. don't need a whole bunch of steak sauce, whatever. No, no accoutrements or whatever. <laughs> I was about to say that. You don't need no seventy five dollar truffle shaved over top. Um, okay, wait, before you moved on to the second thing, who did you think won? Teddy or babyface? <sighs> we had baby face. I just said we had baby. Yeah. My whole, okay. the, the party that I put together, baby face was on top, not by a lot, maybe one or two. Um, but yeah, baby face it was. What about right. you? Um, so I didn't watch the whole thing. Okay. 
I only watched bits and pieces. And from the time that I watched, I actually had Teddy Riley. Yeah. But I think that the songs that I was that I that for the segment that I watched were really songs that resonated during the time that was like yes. fun for me, like middle school and mm-hmm. you know, like early high school and stuff like that. So And I will say throughout the entirety of the battle, Babyface mm-hmm. started like I think at one point it was probably we had it scored six to zero. And then Teddy mm-hmm. came on strong, like for a good streak. So you probably caught that streak. I must have logged on. Yeah, there. you probably came on like, during yeah, that streak. He's killing. Yeah. Even though Babyface, I mean, he has endless hits. And he's such a gentleman. He's so smooth. Oh, my goodness. Like, we're talking about, the, actually, in this episode, you know, lessons and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there are some lessons out of that. Oh, there are before. so many lessons. Like, I always say, or, or, yeah, I say doing the most. People think I often do the most. And there are points when doing the most can go so wrong. Doing the most with the least. And and, and baby <laughs> face was just as calm. Yes. And a little shady. Like, no, oh. I'm home. Social distancing. <laughs> He was so shady and smooth with it. They started calling him Shady Face. I love it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm going to just tell y'all, in a world full of Teddy Riley's, be a baby face. That's all I got to say. I like that. That's incredible. In a a world full of Teddy Riley, (laughs) be a baby face. Um, Okay, so let's transition into our table talk today. I think um, even just a few short weeks ago, according Mm -hmm. to Tito's count, six or seven weeks ago, (laughs) none of us could really have imagined what life would look like right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to dedicate this episode to challenging us to think about what life could potentially look like in the coming weeks and months and even years ahead. Mm. Um, So rounding out our April series, I want to welcome you to episode 12, Reimagine lessons in life after lockdown so we're kind of moving ahead into the future i think it's a good point and yeah in we're the process. thinking about yeah. what things could could possibly look like nobody has the answers right um but i thought it would be worthwhile for us to discuss and i think it would be nice for other people to start thinking yeah positively and manifesting just like the maryland governor and the dc mayor and the virginia governor Mm -hmm. they've started to To put a a plan in place to move forward even though we're not at a place where we're ready to move forward you have Mm -hmm. to have a plan so let's to get to imagining what that will look like do it Okay, so let's dig right in then. What are some of the most pertinent lessons? Because we got to take a look back before we can think ahead, right? So what are some of the most pertinent lessons that you have learned, or even if you haven't fully learned yet, that you hope to take away from this whole experience? Yeah, I have a a few. So the first one is there is tremendous value in a hard reset. So there have been many times in my life where I said, oh, I need a break. I'm going to slow down. But for whatever reason, just my own makeup, I can't ever really slow down. And I allow something else to creep back in. Um, And so this was really a, a hard reset. Like God was like, nope everybody's going to be in their house. You know, you're going to have to be with your thoughts, be with your family. Um, And so I'm going to take away from this that every year, I think I need to take at least a weekend, you know, three days, if I can, a week to do like a hard reset where Mm. I'm just in the house. I'm, you know, fairly unplugged and I just get back to the basics. And I think that helps you recharge, you know, to be ready to go back into the world and do the things that you're supposed to do. 
Yeah. And <clears throat> I think what's going to make it challenging, but now that you know how to do it, you'll be up mm-hmm. for the challenge is that right now there, is, there are not a whole lot of distractions mm-hmm. or anything else going on to pull us away. But when life gets back to whatever it's going to look like, and some of those things start to reemerge, we're going to have to really protect our space and protect mm-hmm. those boundaries. Be like, no, this is my hard reset week or weekend right. or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's going to look different, but now that we've done it and practiced it, um, we know that it's doable and valuable. And valuable. Yes, yes, yes. And the other thing that I've learned, so I was doing some more cleaning up the other day and I realized I have like, I can't even count how many journals I have. And so I Mm -hmm. took some time to go back through them and read what I was going through, you know, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it is. And the lesson that I'm taking away from that experience is until you finish the work, the story will always be the same. So I have, you know, journals from 2000, let's say 15 or 16, where Mm -hmm. the story is still a little bit similar to what it is in 2020, right? So that was just a clear indication, like, girl, until you finish the work, right? Because mm-hmm. I'll start the work. Doing the work. Yeah, right? yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm in the process of doing the work, but until you finish the work, the story is going to continue to be the same. So I encourage mm-hmm. everyone who is in the process of doing the work to stay committed to it and stay steadfast and let's, you know, finish. Finish strong so we can rewrite that story. If it's a story that we want to mm-hmm. change. I love that. That's really good. Um, Interestingly enough, I've been cleaning out some of my old, um, you know, journals and Mm -hmm. like flipping through them as well. And I've seen, well, I've seen both. I've seen things that Mm -hmm. promises that God has made that I've seen like different goals that I have for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, this happened. But then I've seen some stuff that I'm kind of like, man, I'm still in this same old situation. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I going to do different? So I like that lesson to finish the work. Um, As for me, I think I have learned just how much I have the capacity to be pliable, to Mm. be, um, to be able to adjust. We talk about how, you know, humans are resilient, right? but to really see that flexibility in my life, I think, um, has been eye-opening for me because I've always Mm. thought that I was kind of like us, you know, more, more or less of like a scheduled routine sort of person. Uh Um, but just like pretty much everybody listening to this, um, I have been looking forward to a lot of things in this season that were suddenly canceled Mm. Um, trips. And, you know, after getting through a year of raising a baby, I had planned to celebrate and go places and drink and do stuff that I haven't (laughs) been able to do. Just keeping it real. Um, And, and, you know, that was suddenly canceled. My day-to-day life was suddenly very different. Just all the challenges that we're all going through. But what I've taken away is that not only could I adjust, you know, in the sort of like imagination, like, yeah, sure, I'm sure I could deal with it, but I did adjust. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to think you could do something. It's another thing to To actually do it. Yeah. And to do it so quickly. Um, So I'm, I am really proud of myself for just being able to see how I was able to um, be who I needed to be in, in this, this moment. moment. Yeah. And I think we're all probably impressing ourselves because this is something that none of us probably could have imagined. But here we are. We're doing it. Um, and there are some things that I also, um, that's what I took away, but there are some mm-hmm. things that I also wanted to see the rest of the world at large take away. Mm-hmm. And I want to know kind of what your thoughts are about this too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have a couple of points. Number one, politics matter. I hear people say, um, oh, I'm not political or I don't really get political or I don't believe in this voting system or whatever. Uh, uh, uh. You sound dumb because not being political <laughs> is political. You do. Like, right. if that's you, yeah. you sound dumb. Um, voting matters. Um, so if you look at these protesters, if you look at these damn governors out here, like, Ooh. and I'm grateful for our governor, but like the, these mayors, Ooh. you know, the mayor of Las Vegas, what's happening? So the day that I saw, and if you haven't had an opportunity to look at the um, interview between Anderson Cooper and the mayor of Las Vegas, I strongly recommend mm. that you do. But that was the day that I had a conversation with one of my good girlfriends who is an elected official. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Watching that video should make people who are innately like strong leaders Mm. motivated to get involved in the political process and to step up. Like someone at one point asked me if going into politics would be something I'd be interested in. And in the back Mm. of my mind, I was like, no, that's not, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't have that interest. Now, do I have the capabilities and like the leadership skills that are required to be successful? Yes. But that day I was like, you know what? I might have to step up and do something. I'm not saying that I am, but it made me think about it. So I encourage anyone who has that, um, that like a little bit of an inkling. Yeah. yeah. People are out we here with no, with no education, ignorant no as comments. I don't know what. Yes. No comment. I'm about to, I'm about to cast. Let me calm down. <laughs> the president of the United States recommended mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. folks inject or ingest mm, mm, mm. chemical disinfectant. <laughs> I absolutely, I sent it to all, I sent that to all of my group chats and said like, is this really happening? I just, I just, I can't. Yeah. That blew me away. And also that, the fact. That blew me away. They said yesterday, I mean, sorry, they said the other day on the news that people were calling the like coronavirus the, like the, their, their the, local in Maryland, they had over a hundred people calling now, look, and you know what if you have to call if you have to call someone to say <laughs> do i need to drink bleach well shit i'm glad they called <laughs> no, I, am, no, I, I am glad they called but we really <laughs> have to exercise common sense in this but, season but here's the thing though like this is this is the leader, the highest leader of the land. So like, if you, if you don't have education, if you, if you're, even if you're, you might second guess yourself. A lot of us have been taught to trust authority and to second guess ourselves. Like do what your teacher says, do what whoever says. And so there might be people who no, maybe right. we find it common sense who are like, well, the president said this, it doesn't seem right, but maybe I can call this poison control line and see whether or not this is the right thing to do. Just, and just like people voted for this dude, these people believe that what he says is the gospel. There are plenty of people who, who do stuff that they pastor says just because they pastor says it. Well, that doesn't make no daggone sense. That's so true. this is, it's the same thing. That was completely irresponsible of him. All right, I had a bunch of nuggets under this What I hope the world <laughs> took away. That was just one. That was Keep my going. biggest one. I, yeah. I should have ended with that one. I'm hot. I'm, I'm hot under my t-shirt. Um... Okay, number two, I hope that people who believe that we live in a post-racial society mm-hmm. realize how much race still impacts every level and every aspect of our lives in the United States. Systemically, individually, on a community level, our health, our education, back to political process. Um, but 
just when you look at the disparities, the health disparities, and those of you who are like our fellow public healthers already know this stuff and probably a lot of others do too, but like it's really bringing this to the forefront. Yeah. People were laughing and joking in the beginning when Tanil and I made that episode. They talk about black people can't catch the Rona, black people gonna catch mm. it but not get sick. And mm-hmm. here we are. Once again, uh, Malcolm X, I think, said when the white man get a get a, a cold the black man gets pneumonia where the mm-hmm. white man sneezes the black man that's we're going to feel those reverberations worse in this country mm-hmm. because of the way that the system is set up yeah and even when you're looking at it, it's not a coincidence and it's not a joke like when they're talking about the things that they're going to be opening back up in georgia mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. all this all the stuff nail salons that is not essential mm-hmm. barber shops beauty mm-hmm. salons bowling alleys who are at these places? Like, seriously, it's it's the black and it's the poor. Mm-hmm. And it's those of us who are, you know, lower social socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have to not only be involved in the system, but those of us who think that everything is OK because we had our first black president. It's not. So I hope that that was a big lesson for this country, not just for black people, because we already knew, but for white for, people. Yeah, for everyone. And. And for the families of the enlightened whites to share this with your families and your cousins and your friends, like it's still very alive and well. So that's my second thing. And my third thing. Yeah, let's um, end on a, that, on a calmer note. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Tanil and I are line sisters. We're both Deltas. And I was a social action chair in undergrad. I was, I used to be very riled up about political and social action. And then I, I kind of resigned to just calming down because, you know, I felt like it was a big problem and I didn't know what to do about it. Let me just step back and impact my community in a small way. But then stuff like this happens and I'm back marching in the streets because I just, <laughs> just pissed my heart right up. So let me bring myself back now. Come on down. Let me come back to being love Madden. That was the, that was the old Madden. So that was Madden. Angela Madden. <laughs> that was Angela Madden. <laughs> Madden Shakur. I really hope that we give more value to how quickly and easily we can help heal our environments. You know, Mm -hmm. we've all seen these pictures of like the smog in New Delhi and Mm -hmm. Los Angeles and all of these places. So um, I think that there are things that we could do that are not that hard to do, like stay at home, like work from home, like burn less gas, that we can very quickly make an impact, Mm -hmm. just like people are resilient nature is resilient so i think that we can very quickly make an impact by taking those actions and also it really warms my heart to see people become so aware of um some of the basics of public health mm-hmm. um so i think that i love how we're seeing that we're very interdependent as a community and how we can all do our part to keep one another well because a lot right. of this has been about keeping other people well not just ourselves mm-hmm. so that warms my little community health spirit so ending on a positive note, um, what about you? What do you want to see for society as a whole beyond just your personal um, takeaways that you share? Yeah. So, you know, I think that really pressure produces diamonds and mm-hmm. think about all of the like quick innovation that has come out within the past six weeks since we've been actively engaged in this pandemic. So whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, new tests, you know, rapid testing, testing at home kits, um, producing ventilators and taking factories that are used to make cars or um, whatever it is and turning those factories into places that are making things that are going to help impact and influence how we handle this pandemic has been 
you know, amazing. Like I've always known that we've had some of the, you know, smartest individuals in the world that mm-hmm. reside in this country and mm-hmm. to be able to leverage those, um, that knowledge in a way mm-hmm. very quickly. Right. Because it, we have public health backgrounds. We've kind of been engulfed in the field of academics. Right. So usually these things take two years, three years, we got to do so much research to make sure that everything is perfect. And this has given us an opportunity to say, there are some things that we can really turn on a dime if there is mm-hmm. a, a urgent need. So mm-hmm. That's right. that is one thing that I hope we continue to do because I think there are a lot of other innovations and different ways of doing things that will come out of this. Yes. Um, that we need to kind of keep that spirit of innovation and quick innovation going. Um, The other thing that I really appreciate about this is the ability of people to pivot when necessary. And I think that that is a lesson that we all need to take from this experience is the ability to just take what you have and maybe flip it into something else that'll make you either more money, whatever the thing is that you need. But I look at like the small um, restaurants, right? Mm -hmm. So they've had to pivot. Now, takeout is something that I think was a pretty easy pivot, right? So I'm still cooking the food. You're just picking it up, you know, whatever. But some restaurants have gone as far as um, opening up markets. Grocery, yeah. And so you can go get toilet paper, you know, produce, whatever it is, they've added that as a new revenue stream. And I think that is awesome. Look at these Mm -hmm. distilleries that have taken, you know, their production of uh, liquor to create hand sanitizer. Like there are different things that we can all be doing um, to pivot and to make sure that, you know, we're in a place, we might not be in a perfect place, but we're in a better place than we would have been had we done nothing and and kept everything the same. So um, I really appreciate that as well. I also want to say that, you know, out of this time, I want, I hope society really takes on this whole thing about the importance of rest, restoration, um, and connection. So we have been a society that is busy, 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 run my kids to this practice. You know, mm-hmm. I got to go to this community event. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I think this was a time where people were able to hunker down a little bit more and spend time with their families and just understand, better understand the value of slowing down. Um, mm-hmm. Not that you can't go back to those things that you were doing before, but I think it is going to change like how we move um, going forward. So those are some of the things that I've really, um, loved kind of about this time and what I hope we can continue to carry on as a society, um, moving forward. Nice. Okay. Last question for today's table talk. We got, we, um, spend a little time digging into Teddy Riley and, and politics. So (laughs) we'll wrap it up before we get to our final segments. Um, So we said none of us know what the future holds, but if you had to imagine your life after lockdown, ideally, like Mm -hmm. what you want to manifest, what would it look like? So first and foremost, (laughs) it would be me being able to go into Target and find Clorox wipes and my favorite Kleenex hand wipe or hand towels. Um, Mm -hmm. Those things are non-existent. I don't know when they're coming back in plenty plentiful supply, but I hope we get to a point where those things are readily available again. Come on, y'all. My next door app said check out Big Lots. They said whole time, Big Lots. You know what? And I have been getting the Big Lots um, 
mailers and I've been sleeping on them. But yeah, let me I, I, I don't typically step in step in the big lots, but I might be I might get myself suited and booted and step on yeah, in. And I think they have curbs curbside pickup as well. Oh, but anyway, okay. so that was kind of my lighthearted thing. But mm-hmm. I also hope that, you know, from this, the world has is just, you know, has a spirit of gratefulness that comes out of this kindness and compassion. Um, I talked a little bit earlier. I think I would love to see more civic engagement. So we are entering into a time of an election year. But even, yeah. you know, people come out for a presidential election which is important, don't get me wrong, but it is just as important to come out for your local elections as well. And so I just hope people understand from this the importance of having good leadership and putting their voting power, um, you know, where their thoughts and where their mouths are. Um, If you haven't, yeah. And if you haven't completed your uh, census, 2020 census, please do that as well. That was a plug. That was your your inner delta. Um, and so, yeah, I I think that's it. Oh, the other thing that I was going to say is that I want us to be, um, free. So not be fearful about going outside now that we have like the coronavirus looming over us. I want us to be cautious, but I also Mm -hmm. want us to feel free because I have anxiety right now about going outside and like interacting and coming close to people. And I Mm -hmm. don't want that to... Um, be the same after this whole thing is over. So those are my things. What about you? I love that. That whole like anxiety around being close to people. I really crave like, I'd be trying to smile at people from behind my mask and I'm like, can they see my, can they see the smile in my upper cheeks? And I'm like, they're not smiling back. And I'm like, or maybe they are. And I just smile with your eyes, girlfriend. Smile with your eyes. I'm trying to smile like a mug, like (laughs) connected. And yeah, so I feel you on that. Um, I think what I'm imagining for life after lockdown and I, I, in preparation for this episode have kind of, um, I have done, not kind of, I've done some research around what life after lockdown is looking like in different villages and cities in Italy and, um, some other countries in Asia. Um, and they're still, it's, they're not that far ahead of us. So it's still not, it's, they're still in process. They're still in process. Right. But I'm trying to see like, are people tiptoeing back into normal life or what does it look like? Um, so I didn't see much that looked too different because um, I was trying to cheat than what 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 things look like for us. So I just kind of wanted to let my imagination run wild, so mm-hmm. to speak, of what it might look like. And I really see, and this is kind of fluffy foo-foo, but whatever, but just a world that really values connectedness and community more mm-hmm. than ever before. Mm-hmm. I think when something is taken away from you, um, that's when you realize when you don't have the freedom in the right. universe, that word is when you realize how much it really mattered. You know, like they say, you don't know what you, you had hey, till it's gone. And it's, it's really true. So I want us to not take that for granted. Um, I know for a fact that even though we've been distanced physically, I feel more connected, um, to my friends. Like, I don't think I've ever, group chatted, FaceTimed, you know, as much as I am doing now. And we spend so much time setting dates and planning to go and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take all that. Like it we doesn't. can connect it from right where we are. So for somebody to be a new mom, for somebody to be, you know, in a situation where they can't leave the house or maybe somebody travels a lot for work, mm-hmm. we can still stay connected and make less excuses. 
Um, so I really want us to be able to take that away. And then the second thing is just a greater sense of responsibility for our neighbors. Um, and I use neighbors in sort of like the biblical term. So like our literal neighbors, like in our neighborhood, um, but also like our neighbors across the world, like other people, um, I think one lesson, especially for those of us in the millennial generation, has mm-hmm. been that what we do is going to have a much greater impact on um, another generation than our own. And I think, at least for millennials, we've really taken that to heart. I don't know if that's true for the generation that came after us. They seem to still be out and about, but um, <laughs> no shade, no tea, shady face. But I really do think that that is something that we have taken to heart and um just even for our parents' generation to know that like, you know, these young people that we've raised that are now adults, you know, I, we have to count on them now. Yeah. It's, their, it's their turn. And so just loving your neighbor, caring for other people. Um, I think that's a major lesson for me. And I don't know, I love to see it. So that's what I imagine for a world after um, Corona. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are recovering there's a lot yes. of love, there's a lot of grief, there's a mm-hmm. lot of anxiety. This is a traumatic event. So Very, yeah. I'm not minimizing that we'll be living in a post-traumatic society, mm-hmm. but I think there are some really good nuggets that we will all take away from this. And I look forward to that. I love it. So in your spare time, which hopefully you have some, um, uh, <laughs> um Take a, a, t- a moment to, ref- you know, for reflect on this time and imagine what you want your world to look like mm-hmm. post-corona. Yeah. And now it's time for today's optional segment. <laughs> and guess what it is, ladies and gentlemen? The Date Diary. Woo! Can y'all hear my... I'm trying to make sound effects in the background. <laughs> anyway... So the last time that we did the date diary, uh, we had a profile audit. I want to thank everyone for their feedback. I got messages that, you know, the responses to my questions, some were good. Some would work on certain platforms better than others. And, you know, maybe some slight tweaks would just, you know, move me up on the board a little bit. So I appreciate all of the feedback that I got. Um, No one said they were trash. So I felt good about that. They weren't. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to talk about today is something I've been doing in quarantine, um, which is I've been reading a book called How to Get a Date Worth Keeping by Henry Cloud um, with another one of my single friends. And I think it's just been a really uh, great read so that when the world opens back up, not that mm-hmm. I, you know, didn't have plans to do this, but it just armed me with a little bit more information. Um, how to kind of roam amongst the world to put myself in some better situations to more organically meet men that don't involve online dating. Hmm. Okay. So um, there are a couple <laughs> of <laughs> there are a couple of takeaways from the book, and one is you know th- he really pushes you to meet five new men each mm-hmm. week. And engage them in a meaningful each week and engage them in meaningful interaction. So, you know, tell them what your name is, have a little bit of a conversation. So they have enough information in that, you know, two to five minute short window to determine whether or not they would want to ask, you know, for your number. Hmm. So I thought, hmm, five minutes a week, that's one a day. 
I need to get my eye contact up, say hi to people more, switch up where I'm going. You know, we've always talked about just switching the routine. I might have to go to a couple of other churches. You know, I told y'all I go to church on Saturday, so I might got to go to church on Saturday and Sunday to hit another church on Sunday. <laughs> but no, 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 no. <laughs> That that was just that was a bad example, but just kind of switching up where I'm going, whether it's the grocery store, you know, all these different places that I could go um, to potentially put myself in, in a better journey. Also, there was a really good point in the book about getting strong enough so that when you're rejected or you hit, are hit with the obstacle in dating, that you're able to shrug it off and keep moving forward. And I think yeah. that has been one of my like biggest um barriers to having a successful dating life is that, you know, I can admit on this podcast that I don't think I'm, I have been in a place where I've been strong enough to just let that um, rejection roll off my back. Um, and so I, I'm working. And one thing that I want to come out of this post-corona time or this, you know, season of isolation is that I do have the strength to be able to just say, it's not me, it's you, you know? So that's not just you. That's I mean, I think I know there are a lot of single women who listen to this podcast who really love this segment. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a big um, barrier for a lot of people who are um, dating and even beyond dating. When you think about people who are starting small businesses or doing other Mm -hmm. things, I think that whole vulnerability or wanting to um, hedge some protection around ourselves from potential rejection you know as we look at it or potential failure keeps us from doing it is holding us back it is holding us back and then uh, even even within marriage I was going to say like mm -hmm. I think that there are you know people who are in long-standing relationships sometimes Mm -hmm. have a fear of being rejected by their partner yeah Um, that's true I think and not just in a physical way but lots Mm -hmm. of ways so I think that it does keep us from really not just dating, but showing up as our best selves within an existing relationship. I think that was a that was one to highlight and circle. Is that girl? Yeah, I've been highlighting in that book a lot. And then the last thing I'll just say is, um, he mentioned internal issues keep people single as much as not having good prospects. Because a woman would love they love to say there are no you know there are not enough good men out here and this and that. But sometimes, sis, it's you. And it's the fact that you haven't fully worked through your issues. So that is what I'm sharing today. You know, Rona has me in the house. I haven't been able to uh, thrive as much out in the streets. Yes, I have been Mm -hmm. doing some online dating. Um, Not anything, you know, fruitful just yet. But Mm -hmm. I've had some action, had some people that I've given my number to. They want to play the text game. I'm not into the text game. So we'll see what happens. But I just want to say, if you are single, you know, quarantine in the house by yourself at this time, use the time to really make sure that you are um, internally at a place where you can receive whatever God has in store for you once the world opens back up. That's good. So um, we will share that title and um, Mm -hmm. author so that you guys can look it up. Look up the book. Say it one more time. We can link it in our show notes. How to Get a Date Worth Keeping by Henry Cloud. Henry Cloud. Sounds good. And now it's time for our most favoritist part of the episode. It's the question Question of the the episode. episode. (laughs) It was good up until episode. You 
kind of held out no. too long. I kind of thought question wasn't that great, actually. Oh, I did. Okay. <laughs> Folks, you be the judge. <laughs> anyway, our question for this week is, if you wrote a book about your life during this time, what would be the title? The title of my book would be Together, How the World Grew Closer from Behind Closed Doors. Hmm, I like it. I like the subtitle. I don't know if I like the title, but it's all I had when I was thinking about this. Um, but I'm on a one word title, but the subtitle, How the World Grew Closer from Behind Closed Doors, brings me back to all the things I was talking about talking on this episode. About. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Your turn. If you wrote a book about life during this time, what would the title be? So I have the first part would definitely be Sit Your Beep Down. <laughs> The subtitle, I'm going between two, either The Year of the Hard Reset or If You Don't Do It, God Will. Um, okay. If you were the Christian publisher, you going to do that second one. I know. But not that bleep, sit your bleep down. I know. I was like, how can I figure out a word, sit your butt down? I mean, I don't know. I would have to no. try to come up with something that was a little like in the same vein. But maybe I, wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't have it in a Christian publisher, publisher setting, yeah. but I, I kind of thought it was I like funny. It. I like to sit your ass down. That was good. <laughs> I like that. I think that was the win. Um, very good. Very good. This was a great episode. I enjoyed doing this. Um, I know we said we were going to try to avoid talking about Corona for a while, but it's the elephant in the room. So I think right. we put a cool spin on it. We're thinking... You know, hey, thank you positively. We hope yeah. everybody stay well. We love you all. Thank you for listening. Talk to you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Love Madden Podcast. Wait, are you subscribed yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Want to show more love? Rate and review. Then let's keep talking over at lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. Love M A A D E N.